Ashley. And I'm Laura Zach. And this is Sicker Sadder World, the podcast where we rewatch Daria and relate it to our current world. Oh, we're going. Welcome back. How was your uh, week long hiatus? Oh, it was, um, you know, I kept it full. We uh, actually did, between the two of us, a lot of podcast recording, even though we weren't doing this one. Tell them what, tell them what we did. We recorded last week for a podcast called I'm Still Right, which has a really hilarious premise of insane arguments, basically. Correct. So they have different duos on to um, argue about something that they typically argue about that's very specific to their friendship or relationship. So we went on to, so speaking of age-old questions, to set, to try to settle the age-old question of who is more butch, Brittany or Laura? Leave us your answer. Yeah, sure. Please do. I feel pretty confident. I played a lot of mind games. I will be honest. I'm still reeling from the psychological damage that I tried to do to all of us just to prove my point. I'm glad that you are acknowledging that the, the mind games were generated from you. <laughs> I'm very self-aware. That's for sure. So, and then also yesterday, Brittany, what did you do? Uh, yesterday, I recorded for one of my favorite podcasts called uh, Buffering the Vampire Slayer. It's the Buffy Rewatch podcast by Jenny Owens Young and Kristen Russo. So basically, your dreams came true. Yeah, I was there for about four hours. I brought all of my Buffy memorabilia. There was a tiny point where I thought that they thought that I was nuts because I brought over so much Buffy stuff. But um, yeah, I will say that it was one of the highlights of my 20s. Oh, I forget you're still in your 20s. That's adorable. Towards nearing the end, nearing the end. <laughs> yeah, but that is like going to the house of someone who's the president of a fan club of something and they're like weirded out by how into the thing you are. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's a little bit how it felt at first, but then they seemed very appreciative of it. So cool, cool. So also happy Pride, everyone. It's Pride in Los Angeles right now. Right after Brittany and I record this, we're gonna go get ready for Dyke Day. Hello. And I know that many of you are gearing up to celebrate Pride in your respective cities. Good times. Yeah. Be safe. Stay away from the exes and uh, trim those fingernails. La 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 This is my style Excuse me Excuse me Episode one, titled Arts and Crafts. Get it? Yeah, get it, guys. I wonder, I wonder if each individual writer of the episodes came up with the titles. I don't think so. You think that it was one person whose job was to pun it up? Yeah, I think, I mean, I only have experience 
working on one animated show and the way they did it. Certainly, each episode was titled as it was written, but then at the end, they kind of did an overview, like naming. So actually, you could be right. It could have been one or the other, but it seems like all the titles have kind of a similar feel. There's totally. a lot of puns. Mm-hmm. So most likely the same person conceived of all the titles. If that person is listening, add us. You know what I mean? Add us to your top I want to talk about your pun game. So we start out with, uh, not unlike season one, Jake is upset. Crying. Yes, yeah. he's crying. He has lost a client. And I wrote down in my notes, Daria drinking lemonade. Because I think they had her holding like a very strange bright yellow beverage and it was meant to be morning at home and I just thought it was a weird choice but how anyway. foreshadowing right right right. and then we get into art class at Lawndale High with Miss Defoe Defoe who was very pleasant she felt like a little bit mommy you know what I mean <laughs> like m-a-m-i mommy or like m-o-m-m-i-e or I mean whatever you want it to be but There was a whole Twitter exchange this past weekend in the wake of The Amazing Wonder Woman coming out um, where some queer women were talking about Robin Wright being mommy, the ultimate mommy in that movie. So I don't think I'll ever call someone mommy. I mean, okay, get down (laughs) off your high horse. I'm sorry if you don't want to experience the full spectrum of what is out there. But what would that mean? Like that I'm attracted to her? Yes. See, that's that carries a lot of weight for me. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. You don't have to shame shame people who <laughs> maybe like to dip their toe into mommy. Okay, <laughs> I, I think of straight couples using like, oh, daddy. You know, <laughs> sorry about where that do you voice hang out? Again, this again sh- <laughs> reveals the difference between someone who has consumed porn and has someone who hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what are you talking about? What straight girl calls a straight guy daddy during sex? Um, I believe there's a whole... Genre? Yeah, there's a whole like <laughs> subcategory just of that. But anyway, I, Miss Defoe, do you know what I mean about her, though? There's something very like nurturing and strong, and she seems like she's... She gives me Lilith Fair vibes. Totally. She feels like she was. she's maybe a younger teacher... And she's more progressive and wants to be relatable to the students. But when she was in high school, she felt like she was an old soul. Yeah, she still does. She probably has a much older boyfriend. Again, I thematic here, I realize. So we learn that there's going to be a statewide student art contest. Though we don't know what the financial benefit it will be to Miss Lee because that's always the ulterior motive behind Miss Lee wanting to do something. Because Miss Lee and Mr. O'Neill come into the class to announce the contest. So you know that there's something up to benefit the school here. Right. And the theme is student life at the dawn of the millennium. Oh, yeah. It was giving me some Y2K Totally Y2K vibes. Mm -hmm. Isn't it funny that in a lot of those movies, the quote, the millennium is a theme when truly nothing changed? Yes. It it feels like a metaphor for... Failed expectation. Yeah. And I wonder if that's what getting married is like. Right. You have a whole party. And, but you have then, like, costumes. But then nothing really changes. I don't know. I'm not married anymore. <laughs> 
the art teacher obviously sees something special in Jane and is putting some kind pressure on her to enter. And did you get jealous? Yes. Yeah, it was like, I really can't wait to see what you come up with. Okay, Brittany. Who watches porn now? Still me. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> if anything, it's more obvious than ever. <laughs> um, but so Jane's resisting because I think as intended, the assumption is that it's going to be a positive representation of student life. And Jane doesn't have much to say, especially not in her art that's positive. And so, or at least not like optimistic, you know. Were you good at art? Not in any sort of way that other people were, were telling me I was. But I feel like I had hidden talents. Like I, I was, I feel like I'm good at drawing. And I might be good at painting. I just never really tried it. Maybe I should take a class sometime. My, one of my favorite teachers was an art teacher. And it just so happened to be my boyfriend's mom. Whoa. Mrs. Regan was my art teacher and she really liked me. But it was kind of strange because I would like go on vacation with their family and then the next day I would just like be in her class. Hmm. But I had a 103% in that class because I wanted... 3% was for dating her son. No. I wanted to impress her so badly that I did every extra credit thing, grinding away at my self-portrait that I did with oil pastels, which I do have a picture of and will gladly put on Patreon. I would love to see that. But I uh, I really wanted to impress her, and then he broke up with me in a note when I was in calculus. Do you have that still? I don't. I think I, I, think I burned it. Because that was, like, the first time that I ever, like, truly felt hurt and humiliated. Mm -hmm. Because I got it when I was in class. I, like, felt like something was up, but he kept telling me nothing was wrong. And then he handed me a note in the hallway. This is when I was a sophomore in high school. I was in my calculus class. And I opened it. No more calculus. <laughs> you plus me equals us. Sorry. And then uh, I cried a bunch, but I was trying to hide it. And my teacher, who was named Miss St. Clair, who like everyone made fun of, and she handed me a note and she was like, hey, can you take this to the office for me? And I got out of the classroom and it just said, you can hang out in the bathroom if you want to. Oh, that's so sweet. She was like, sweet. I hope you feel better. Miss St. Clair. So I always defended her. Whenever anyone would like make fun of her, I would always defend her. And Why be, would like, people make fun of her? <sighs> like garbage high schoolers making fun of like physical appearance stuff. Ugh. Yeah. High schoolers are the worst. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was like one of the nicest things that any teacher has done for me. But then I still had to be in Miss Regan's class. And, and she knew. And she knew that her son broke up with me. And I remember one time after class, she was like, I'm so sorry that my son has hurt you. I think you're wonderful. Aww. She like fully acknowledged that I'm better than him. <laughs> yeah. And I think that if I went back there, like if I went back to the high school to like visit for like my 10 year high school reunion, which I don't know why the fuck I would do. But if I went and she heard I was a lesbian, she would be so psyched because I definitely feel like she was like a Lilith Fair Bye, chick. Cool. I feel, I feel like, like a lot of art teachers are like queer. Yeah, I could straddle that line. Yeah. But also I'm picturing now like the final scene of the good son of her dangling. <laughs> I honestly think that, I yeah, it's it's very possible. Um, so, Miss Regan, if you're out there. Uh, She's gay. <laughs> yeah, and, and you'd be Mazel. so happy. <laughs> yeah. Mazel, mazel. 
So, uh, so there's a. I actually recorded this opening to uh, Six Sad World, and I'll share it with you guys. Neonatal skinheads next on Six Sad World. Delightful. So Jane, a little bit. This was interesting because she really wanted Daria's help on her project, and it felt borderline. I want like, you to take the fall with me. Yeah, or plagiarizing, like a little bit that she wanted. I mean, I felt this throughout the episode that she was relying pretty heavily on Daria to provide the meaning of her own art, which is a strange thing for an artist to go to another person for. You're a writer, right? True. (laughs) You know, when you're kind of given an assignment and you don't have any idea what you're going to do and someone just gives you like a little nugget of inspiration and you're like, oh, cool. I wonder if right if she was just hoping that Daria would give her somewhat of a direction to go in because she's just so lost on what she would possibly do with this prompt. Yeah, that's fair. And they're they're good collaborators. So they're brainstorming at the pizza pit and come up with some ideas like Is it called the pizza pit? Did I just make that up? I think that you're combining the peach pit from Beverly Hills Nano Two and we got to look up at what the pizza pit is. Um, but they're at the pizza place and they are brainstorming some titles for the art. And they talk about America's future leaders, beauty's skin deep. It's important to be attractive. These were some taglines for the poster. And then they're just kind of gorging themselves on pizza until they want to puke, which I totally remember in high school. There was just so much like I would go into. We had like a little school store and I would just get a full pint of Ben and Jerry's and just slam it in one sitting. Oh, I thought you were going to go. I used to get a frozen pizza like a Jack's or a Tombstone and just slam that. By the way, have you ever heard anyone call it a pizza parlor? Like anyone our age? In the past? No. My friend Chris calls it a pizza parlor. Just re- like earnestly? Yes. It could be like, oh, hey, you want to hit up that pizza parlor later? Yes. Where is he from? Central coast of California. That's strange. Chris, what's up with that? He probably won't listen to this. Well, if he does, sick burn. (laughs) (laughs) And then I said that I would sooner call it a pizza store before I call it a pizza parlor. Yeah, I agree with you. Sidebar. Remember in the episode of The Big House where I had said that I couldn't remember what episode it was or if I envisioned it that the guy was throwing rocks at Quinn's window and that she came over and was like, no, I can't come out. And then she went and then continued reading a book. Yeah. So someone Facebook messaged our uh, Sick or Sadder World Facebook page and reminded me that it was actually from Pleasantville. Oh, you guys are so helpful. Oh, my God. Yes, it was the scene with Reese Witherspoon. Oh, that's that's incredible. I don't know how you could confuse Reese and Quinn, but... I think that that's... The, the character that Reese Witherspoon plays in Pleasantville, that is very much like Quinn's arc. Right, but she seems a little bit more deep. Who? Reese. Deeper than Quinn? Yeah, I guess I haven't seen Pleasantville in a long time. Oh, it's one of my favorites. No, I do remember really loving it, but... Well, she starts off, like, very vapid and only cares about, you know, dating and boys and fashion, and then she gets transported to that world where she has to care about more. And she eventually does figure out that her intellect is actually something of great pleasure to herself. Well, that's amazing that someone clarified that for you. Oh, yeah. It was actually killing me. 
So the students are all working on their posters. Upchuck creates a portrait of himself with two chicks hanging on him, which is on brand for him. And to just create an objectifying fantasy. And then Brittany is um, trying to create a poster about no, uh, like an anti-drug and alcohol poster, but her painting is just of... Drugs and alcohol. Yeah. A, a bottle of alcohol that is labeled alcohol. And then, what was it? A cigarette or? I think it was like a bottle of pills or something. Yeah. And the art teacher's like, Brittany, I'm not really sure what about this poster implies no. <laughs> and so she takes out her lipstick tube, Brittany does, and then circles it and puts an X through. Jane lands on bulimia as her theme. Right. So it's a portrait of a. Physically beautiful girl looking in the mirror, staring off, and then there's a poem that Daria and Jane wrote, and it's about the girls actually believe it. And Miss Lee and Mr. O'Neill love the image of the aesthetically beautiful young woman gazing at herself in the mirror, but they don't like the content of the poem, which implies that she is hurting herself in order to keep up appearances that will make her popular in this world. Right. And Daria is the one that actually has to explain to Mr. Foe what it's actually about. Because Mr. Foe is like, this isn't funny. And she's like, no, it's not meant to be funny. And she's explaining about the price of being beautiful and how the words and the words and the image are supposed to contrast each other. So you had texted me after you had watched this episode saying, can you guess which part I was triggered by? And my guess would be, is it just in general the theme of someone taking something you created that has an intentional message in it and then trying to keep the form of the thing but bleach out the message? No. But that's a great interpretation. Because I was thinking about you talking about the, like, abortion video that you did oh right and and i'm trying to be like oh can you show both sides or you know like yeah 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 yeah. no i was triggered by when helen dumps a bowl of macaroni on jake's head because it actually happened to me when i was in daycare and how would i have guessed that i don't know (laughs) it felt very out of character for helen because when i was in daycare i was like four it was right before i started preschool there was some boy that, for whatever reason, he dumped a whole bowl of macaroni and cheese on my head, and my mom had to pick me up and get it out of my hair, and I was so sad, and I have not eaten... It was like Kraft macaroni and cheese. I have never eaten a bowl of Kraft macaroni and cheese. I remember one person trying to feed it to me once. I had one little thing, and I was like, nope, I remember. Just when you were like, that little boy, for whatever reason, and then I was thinking of how the go-to response would be like, he had a crush on you. He liked you so much. Right. Yeah. I hate that shit. Like, letting little kids get away with, like, hitting each other and hurting each other and being like, oh, they like you. This is just, this is just how courtship works. Get used to it, little girl. Right. And in reality, you're supposed to be like, no, fuck you, Aiden. Yeah, Totally. Get the fuck away from me. Yeah, there was totally some little boys like that where it was like, okay, yeah, great. Let's condition little girls to associate affection with harm from the get-go. But my friend Megan, in who I've gone to, I'd gone to school with since second grade, in second or third grade, one of these boys, she like wanted to get revenge on. And so she dug a hole 
in the middle of like the swing set area where it was like mulch. She dug a hole and then put her coat over it and called him over. <laughs> he fell right in. Yeah. And it wasn't because she had a crush on him, you know? Yeah. I, in first grade, one of the only times I've ever been disciplined in school was uh, in first grade. I got a referral, which is kind of like a detention for beating up a boy. Damn. I beat up like four boys when I was younger. There was one, this guy, this kid, Danny Newfield. He stole, you know, when you're decorating for Christmas and you have like giant novelty candy canes like leading up to your driveway. I, I know I've know of this. Yeah. You know, the thing you do every year. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And this kid that lived on my street thought it'd be hilarious to steal one. And he also stole my sister's Michael Jordan rookie card. And so I just bolted towards him and just started like choking the shit out of him. <laughs> like choke slamming him onto the ground. I'm surprised you didn't bring this up in the butch debate. Yeah, but I but I don't think that uh, violence is necessarily the butch answer. I'm totally... Yeah, no, that's true. The evolved butch would not be choking him. But I'm picturing you as like the Christina Ricci in Now and Then character. That's exactly who I connected to in that movie. Totally. I was the ultimate tomboy. And therefore, every boy had a crush on me. Because they're like, you're so cool. You're just like a boy. I like you. Yeah. <laughs> It's so true. It's so yeah. true. It's like it's the way that they get to be attracted to someone that's just like them without being gay. Right. Everyone is gay in that scenario. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're gay because you're gay. And then they're gay because they're into someone who they feel like is a boy and have a crush on them. Yeah. Whew. Anyways, what's your take on if they submit it? this way or if they change something what's your take i think what they do end up doing is super shady like i agree with them like if i were a school administrator i i wouldn't green light that as the poster to represent the school spirit right um even though it's poignant and true i would be i would kind of as an aside be like good job jane but i wouldn't accept that but what they end up doing is is fucked up which is they end up just changing the poem themselves and submitting it the new way so they have perverted the art in its original form mm -hmm. and ignored the complaints of the artist who, who jane was like oh i would rather take this out of the competition than have you submit it in a way that wasn't my intention mm -hmm. so no i totally um i think that what they did I could see it as being pretty realistic. Like I could imagine that happening and I could imagine the, the student being feeling powerless to really do anything about it. But this was also pre Twitter. I could imagine like if that happened today, the Jane equivalent going on Twitter and then suddenly the school's in the news. Totally. But one other thing, well, did you have something to say about that? Oh no, I was just going to talk about how um, Mr. O'Neill was trying to convince the parents to convince Jane and Daria to switch it as if like somehow the parents will have a better grasp on artistic integrity. And again, we get to almost see not see Jane's parents because every time the school tries to call them, you just see the POV of someone doing pottery. Yeah, doing pottery with like music on really loudly. And, and isn't her name Amanda? Isn't it something very like Amanda Lane? Yeah. It's a sexy name. 
Amanda Lane. Um, and then Mr. O'Neill is practicing. I also get phone anxiety, so I get it. But he's practicing and he's like, Miss Morgendorfer, Miss Morgendorfer. And then she answers and he's like, hello, Miss Morgendorfer. Ah. <laughs> yeah. And she it, it, it's terrible timing for him to call her because she's in the middle of a business meeting. She's just in like go, go, go mode. And also is very used to getting calls from the school about Daria. She's used to getting calls about Quinn. Oh, okay. So she rattles off some possible things he could be calling about. Yeah. So she thinks that it's someone probably calling about Quinn. And so she's like, oh, just tell them that this, this, and this. And then uh, her assistant is like, no, it's actually about Daria. She's like, Daria. And then Mr. O'Neill decides to call Jake, who is desperate at work. He's not getting work. And then we also find out, um, we actually also find out what both of their occupations are. Jake is a consultant. And Helen is a lawyer. Right, right, right. And when we see the parents talking to Daria about it later, I forget who said this, but it made me laugh. They were like, wait, so you made a piece of art of a pretty girl with an eating disorder. That's so you, Daria. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that, speaking of on brand, that's completely on brand for her. Totally. She's like, why do you have to be so cynical? And then Jake actually has a moment where he's he actually is listening because he's doing this thing where he he keeps talking about his penne alla pesto and then Helen screams at him for not paying attention and then Jake finally is like okay well if it's art that's promoting student life it's actually very bad however if it's art expressing Daria's personal vision of student life then it's actually very good and they're both impressed and then Daria's impressed because she's like oh fuck that's actually exactly what it is and you could tell that he is on Daria's side he is actually listening to Daria and then that's when Helen dumps the macaroni on his head and that's when I was triggered wow it's almost like the moment that he steps up into more of an equal to her that she has to put him back in his place right because Helen didn't come to that solution or didn't say it out loud or or I think maybe Helen was pissed at him because that is the correct, like, that is treating Daria like an adult and saying exactly what it would be, whereas Helen wants to make Daria feel bad. And she's like, come on, you're a high schooler. Please don't pull this shit. Whereas Jake is like, no, it, it, this is actually what it is. Yeah, I think a lot of times Jake unexpectedly treats the kids more like an equal. Yeah, <laughs> Or I more like so an too. adult, yeah. Oh, and I found the quote that was the exact quote that I thought was what triggered you, which was Mr. O'Neill saying, I don't want to change the intent of the art. I just want to make it more palatable. Oh, yeah. I've gotten that Which I think, before. yeah, any anyone who's a writer or artist trying to create things and put stories out there that are authentic and truthful usually hit that note at some point. Yeah, where someone wants you to water it down, but then it doesn't even feel authentic anymore. Right. They're like, oh, perfect. Like, this is the perspective we need to hear. And then you actually write what is real, and they're scared that it won't be relatable enough or it'll be too extreme or gritty or whatever it mm -hmm. is. Oh, and the way that Mr. O'Neill and Miss Lee change it is they change the poem to be about health food. Yeah. So it's about this girl looking at herself and how beautiful she is, and it's because she takes care of her body instead of making herself throw up. <laughs> There's also, it ends with good nutrition rules because Mr. O'Neill took a pass at it. You can't necessarily say that good nutrition is what will make you thin because that's not 
true. Like, there's so many other factors. Well, and just in general, equating thinness with health is a fallacy. Or have I ever told you about Young Storytellers? Yes. So Young Storytellers is this program that um, I volunteer with where you help a fifth grader write a screenplay. And my kid that I had this last session, she was truly one of the sweetest children I've ever met. She would, like, draw me pictures. She would give me hugs. She was so fucking sweet. And she, I asked her what she wanted to make her story about. And she was like, I want to make a story about a kid that's bullied for being overweight. And I was like, oh, wow, that's great. Like, what do you want? How do you want to tell it? And so she told the story through the eyes of this cucumber and this mango who are friends who see the little boy getting bullied. They try and convince the, quote, junk food gang to not let the little boy eat them anymore it it was it, it had really good intentions but there were parts that were kind of like fat shamey oh my god i would have loved to be a fly on the wall of you struggling to give your notes to this little girl <laughs> like all the layers of what must have been going on there it was really hard because you're also not allowed to change their words and so it was just really and I ended up like not really being able to because because she had such good intentions and it was kind of like a socially aware sausage party <laughs> movie. It's about a bunch of foods who have to decide what this little boy can and can't eat. But, you know, if you're if she was not in fifth grade, I would have given her the note that it should have been about teaching the other kids that were bullying him. Not that it's to wrong. fucking bully him. Right. Instead, it was like, how can we? how can we convince this kid to just eat healthier and then he won't get bullied anymore? And I, when the big show, which is where uh, actors perform the script live, I just remember like cringing at parts. She had such good intentions and she's just a little sweetie pie and there's nothing, I couldn't have done anything. I would yeah, have that's like- that's a tricky situation to be in, especially if they've given you parameters about what you're allowed to edit and not edit. Right, like obviously if something is- you're not allowed to use violence you're not allowed to like use anyone particularly from school blah 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 but like when it comes to stuff like that i feel like i really would have hurt her feelings if i was like hey this is problematic like i i i like the idea of you going back to that program and every time it is and it, it it's like an escalated challenge for you like i'm picturing the next story is going to be this little girl being like, so this is about a mini skirt and a turtleneck who witnessed a woman being catcalled and the turtleneck is trying to convince the mini skirt, please stop putting yourself on this woman <laughs> because look what it's causing. It's your fault that these men Ugh. are making her feel unsafe in a public space. Ugh. Despite what Daria and Jane have said to Mr. O'Neill and Miss Lee, they decided to display it with Mr. O'Neill's poem. So Daria and Jane are pissed about this. So they ask Trent for help and they decide to show up to the poster contest. And Jody asks them what they're doing. And they're like, get out of here, Landon. You've got a bright future. However, they decide to take but not, a but not before Jody is like just kind of commiserates with them and is like, "This is messed up that this happened." I really liked the original piece, right? Yeah, again, Jody is a 
beacon for what is right. However, she doesn't really do anything about it. Yeah, that's true. She's always sort of like going along with the system while being aware that the system is broken. Correct. Whereas Daria is someone who will try and challenge it by taking action. Daria and Jane take a little page out of Britney's book, take a little page out of Britney's magazine, and they do the little cross-out thing with lipstick and vandalize their own piece. And then the administrators are aghast and have to call the parents again. And once Helen realizes the situation, she whips out some intense legalese and is basically threatening to sue the school. Yeah, she says it's a violation of civil liberties. And she really steps it up for her daughter. And the episode ends with uh, Brittany winning the art contest. I think I want my new text tone to be Helen just saying, are you familiar with the term civil liberties? (laughs) I just want to hear that as often as possible. I just feel like that would be a very convenient little audio clip to have yeah I, I would tweet it at donald trump every day oh god yeah oh man helen would be such a good lawyer to have right now she should work oh, for like she... aclu yeah or like southern poverty law center mm-hmm. or oh man i could see her having a little side fling with comey he is a tall drink of water he's tall anyway i don't it's fine i don't <laughs> daddy <laughs> uh, he's kind of daddy he is pretty da- what Again, look how how trippingly off the tongue you refer to a man as daddy. No, but... no, no. I meant like he looks like he's a dad. Mm, is that what you meant? Totally. So do you think uh, Jake's business is doing okay? No, I'm worried about him, frankly. Just judging from how erratic he was acting and how you are home all day, so you're like, now I can spend time on my cooking. And then people finally come home. And you're like, isn't my cooking good? Please validate me because this is the only way that I can get validation right now is through this pasta that I just made for you. God, Jake is such a daddy, by which I mean he's a father that cooks for his two daughters. Such a daddy. Helen is such a mommy. And by that, oh, I, yeah, mean, what you mean? And by that I mean she gave birth to two little girls. They were so healthy. Five pounds and seven pounds. Such a mommy. This has been a blast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sicker Sadder World. If you want to find out more about us, follow us on Twitter at Sicker Sadder. Find our Facebook page titled Sicker Sadder World. Or you can find our Patreon. Just look up Sicker Sadder World. Or. You can find our website, searching http colon slash slash www dot I'm not going to spell the whole thing. Sickersadderworld.com. dot com. It stands for com.